Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, the Star Wars podcast of the sciencefictionary.com. This is our very first episode, and we sincerely hope that you enjoy listening to us sit around and talk about one of our favorite things in the entire galaxy, Star Wars. Why don't we start off with our, uh, with our Star Wars rankings for our movies, because I think that might give people a little bit of an idea where we're coming from. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go to first, or we're going to do... Let's just go back and forth. Let's just go back and forth. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is Empire Strikes Back. That's, uh, that's the best made of the films. And, of course, you have the big reveal in there. That was the big plot twist that really helped solidify the, uh, the original trilogy or the classics that they are. It's, um, it's probably the best sequel in movie history. But my number one is, is Empire Strikes Back. I think that's probably most people's, so it shouldn't be a surprise there. No, I think that, that falls as most people's number one. It's also my number one uh, for a lot of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, the one of the biggest reveals in, in cinema history. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a well-made movie. You know, arguably the, the best start-to-finish movie in all of the Star Wars movies. Yes, uh, maybe the best directed of the... Certainly the best directed of the original three. Urban Kirshner did an outstanding job with that movie. That's probably his best work as a director. The way that movie was made is, and the stories behind it, about just the development of it, the way it came about, uh, Harrison Ford with his ad lib of I know, that's the story that gives Luke his most development also. So that's that is that's my that's my number one. So you want to do number two? Yeah, I'll start with number two. Uh, my number and- two actually is Rogue One. Okay. Okay. We'll see if we actually have any others that match the rest of the way down the list, because I don't think we will. Probably not. So you got Rogue One at number two. Uh, I do. I really like that movie. Obviously, my favorite of the Disney regime. Um, that the the last <laughs> the hallway scenes, the one everyone talks about. That is that's that's the Darth Vader we all, everybody waited to see. We get him in this movie. Probably my favorite third act, except for one other film, which is a little farther down on my list, because the rest of the film is stronger. So I have it ranked a little higher. Uh, but I, I, I really love that movie. That's actually the movie I was trying to watch before my internet kicked out and my Netflix turned off <laughs> on me right before we started. So that's definitely number two for me. Okay. Uh, my number two, I've actually got a new hope. And okay. I went with a new hope there it's just it's the movie that introduces us to all of these characters that have stood the test of time and not just that but have really become their own archetypes you know you you have so many characters in that first movie that now when people develop characters they compare them to a han solo or a luke skywalker and it's the right it's a great movie. It's of course it's the only one out of all of them for a reason that can stand on its own. And there's just so many iconic scenes in that one movie that we all still go back to as Star Wars fans. I have, I have no problem with you ranking it there. It's not. It's a little farther down the list for me. Uh, not too much farther. I'm I'm gonna get there in a minute. I still like Rogue One better. Rogue One's a more entertaining movie to me. A New Hope is. I don't know. They were they were trying to do things that movie that had never been done before. By the time they got to Empire, they perfected it. 
but yeah, New Hope falls falls just a little bit for me. But I'm I'm not gonna argue with you there. I think a lot of people probably have New Hope too. So I'll go ahead and uh, drop my number three in here because my number three is Rogue One that you had at number two. Okay. Uh, and because it's just such a great film, it's the film that really threw us back into the world that we loved. Uh, yep. It hits all the right notes. You know, the the Vader scene, we, we, we hoped we were getting it. And I think even those of us that hoped we were going to get Vader, you know, Vader in that movie, I don't think most of us ever dreamed it would be what we got. Right, yes. Exactly. More than lived up to expectations. Yep. All right. So um, number three. For my you. number three is Return of the Jedi. Um, and yes, I have it higher probably than most people do. But Return of the Jedi, I have a there's a soft spot in my heart for that one. That's the first one that I watched as a kid, and I understand the production problems with that movie. I know there's a moment in the uh, the the battle on Tatooine where Luke kicks a guy. And you can tell from the camera angle that he's a foot away from him. But you know what? The, the third act of that movie redeems a lot of the first act's problems. Um, it's it is it's, it is the best third act we've we've gotten. Uh, uh, even better, like I said, than Rogue One, which is the second best third act I think. Ro Return of the Jedi gives us the best space battle, uh, the the best lightsaber battle we had until that point. The best lightsaber battle between. Luke and Darth Vader. It's better than Empires. We we get the we get the moment where Luke nearly turns to the dark side and at the end doesn't. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. I love that I love that moment. The the third act of that movie redeems all the problems that you might have had with the first couple of acts. And that I've got a soft spot for that one. It's it I don't think it'll ever fall lower than three for me. All right. Well, we're still still pretty close there. I've got Jedi at number four. You know, like you said, you know, the best of the originals, the best, the best scene, space scene with the fighters. Yes. Possibly, I would argue, still the best space battle in Star Wars. Um, Rogue One is very good, and even the one in Last Jedi is good. The one in Last Jedi is just too short for me. Right. We'll get to Last Jedi in a minute. I, I do like the bomber run in Last Jedi. That was a neat moment. We never saw those type of bombers before. We'll get there in a minute, though. Yep. But as far as the Last Jedi, you know, it's it stays near the top for me. Just, you know, it does have some issues. But, and we've talked about this before, the most iconic scene possibly in all of Star Wars in the battle, the final lightsaber battle between father and son. Yes. Yep. I think we're on the same page about return. Just we have it ranked a little bit differently, but we like it for the same reasons. Yep. So, and Luke's my favorite character, and that is Luke's defining moment. All right. So, what so, number? What number are you on? Have you given your number four? four. Yet? Okay. My number four is a new hope. Okay. Uh, just because I mean, I came to put reasons to it. We talked about it a minute ago. Whenever you had it at, uh, I think you had it at number two, didn't you? A New Hope really is a miracle of a film when you think about it. Nothing like that ever been done before. Um, we do get some of the iconic moments. We start to establish the lore that we all fell in love with. How in the hell George Lucas taught Sir Alec Guinness into making this movie, I'll never know. That was that. That's a miracle. Mark Hamill read this script 
said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. He starts passing it around to his friends. They all laughed at it. How, tell me how a guy you have to, as sir, every time you speak to him, decided to make this movie. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> no, that was, George took this classic tale of the, of the farm boy rising up from nothing. He had the, he had the old wide, wise wizard. It is a space fantasy. Never seen anything like it before. Um, and, and, you know, I love A New Hope. It's, it's the, I think it's the best camaraderie between our big three of any of the films. You get the, you, the, those are your best moments between Luke and Han. You get your best Leia and Han moments in Empire, but your best Luke and Han moments are in A New Hope, and I really enjoy those. So that's, that's number four for me. Okay. Here's where we'll probably diverge even more. Where do you go to for number yeah. five? Force Awakens. Ah, got the same one there. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. We talked last night. I think I told you I was going to do it a little differently, but after I, uh, after I slept on a little bit, uh, I keep Force Awakens number five. That was a, um, that was a really smart film to make. It's Disney's first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, their first saga film. People will complain that it's basically a New Hope remake, and in a lot of ways it is. Uh, it's a very nostalgic film. That's very smart. They, I left that movie satisfied with it uh, and thinking this was a really smart movie to make. They, it, it felt like they actually sat back and said, we need to give the fans something we know they're going to like. They, we needed a palate cleanser after the prequels. Let's be honest about it. There was a bad taste in everyone's mouth after the, after the prequels. And Force Awakens was a good way to sort of bring the fans back into it uh, with things we were familiar with. Uh, I, I think they did a good job with that one. I enjoy Force Awakens. Yeah, I, I agree on all those notes. It, it's, it just hit all the right notes. And in, in coming back to Star Wars and feeling like Star Wars and, and really for all the people that were afraid of what might happen to Star Wars under new leadership, it really felt like, like coming home. Yes. Yep. You know, it all felt, it, was, uh, it, it felt familiar. It felt like you just walked right back into mm-hmm. Star Wars that you knew as a kid and it was just right. all new again. It was a predictable film, but it was, I don't, at that point in time in Star Wars history, I don't think that was a bad way to go though. You needed something familiar. Uh, and that's why we got what we got. And I, they did a good job for what they were trying to do. What have you got for number six? Solo. Yeah, we matched on another one. <laughs> See, we thought we were going to diverge a lot, but we're really <laughs> not. I really enjoyed this movie. It, And I'm just going to say, Star Wars fans who might be listening to this, if you decided to skip Solo because you're still mad about Last Jedi, which I understand the things you're mad about, you're doing yourself a disservice. That's stupid. You're not going to make Lucasfilm stop making Star Wars movies. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. I have no clue. This is a good movie, and you're missing out. If you're a Star Wars fan, you should be able to go to this movie and enjoy it. That, uh, that That's a good film. I know we're going to do a, a full solo review later, so I'll not get too much right. into it. But they, uh, Donald Glover uh, feels like Billy D. Williams Reborn. Oh, he does. Uh, the first few lines that he speaks, if you closed your eyes, you would yeah. swear it was Billy D. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And, and Chewbacca, we get the best Chewbacca scenes we've, we, we've ever gotten. Yep. Uh, you, 
it's the best character development that Chewbacca's ever gotten, who's always been my favorite supporting character anyway. So I was happy of that. That's it's a really good movie. And again, if you have not seen it yet, go see this movie. Uh, you're you've you've got no good reason not to. It's a lot of fun, and it's the first movie that we've gotten that has it has way more connectivity. It ties things from the prequels, the originals, from the animated series, and brings them all together. Finally, something bringing them all together. Well, Rogue One has some connectivity too. It does. It has some connectivity to the animated series, but right, it it has some connectivity also. Though, I mean, the obvious point is that it it runs right up to the minute that A New Hope starts. That's true. You know, well, yeah, it ties it ties firmly to the originals. Yes. You get the connectivity in Rogue One just based on where it's set in the timeline, and you get to see Mon Mothma, and you get to see Bell Organa, and and they're not small parts. They have, have real roles in that movie. And now we're back to Rogue One, which we stopped talking about like three or four minutes ago. But <laughs> you know that that one gives you connectivity also, if you know on that subject. Um, but Solo certainly does as well, like you said, and the. Uh, it, you get a little more of, of, of Han's character development. Even though I didn't really think we needed it, I do enjoy the movie. If they had never made it, I'd have been happy, but I'm glad they did. It's a good movie. Yeah. All right, number seven. I'm fairly confident we're not going to be the same on this one because I've got Revenge of the Sith. Guess what? What? I also have Revenge <laughs> of the Sith. I have Revenge of the Sith number seven. Well, um, now I'm pretty sure we're going to be the same the rest of the way down the list. So. Uh, no, we're not, because you've already told me your bottom three, and yeah. we're going to have an argument about this. No, I rewrote but my anyway. list um, this morning. Oh, did you? I did. <laughs> oh, God. Well, when I wrote the original when, the when I, well, when I wrote the original list, I spent about two minutes scratching it down on a piece of paper, because I thought, well, that'll be the oh. best way to just get my gut reaction. And then the more I thought about it, there was a couple things at the bottom of the list started to bug me. Maybe we've been friends too long. I do think we have different, I will say this, I do think in some instances we rank them in the same place, but for different reasons. This may be one of those, I'm going to let you talk about it first, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, um, I've got it there, it's it's by far the best of the prequel movies. It's the best made, it's the best directed, and I mostly have it there because for what it does for the overall story. When we finally see, you know, understand how Anakin became Darth Vader. When we get to see that moment where he turns and he's not just he's not just a bad guy because there's always been this fascination with Darth Vader. Even though he's a villain, everybody loves Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Lucas really set out there to prove a point that this guy is bad. Nah, see, we can... Well, I mean... We he, can have the same spot and disagree because that's not the way I took the prequels at all. Well... That that moment um, when he he walks into the temple and, and kills a temple full of children, you know, he killed the youngling. <laughs> but you know that scene oh, of him marching on, into the temple with the five hundred first is you know that's easily one of the coolest shots in in any of the prequel films. The one of you got it there. Well, uh, I will say this: Hayden Christensen plays evil way better than he played good. True. Uh, he was a better Darth Vader than he was an Anakin Skywalker. Uh, I, I had that there. I've, I've often said just taking Revenge of the Sith by itself as its own film 
that's actually not a bad movie. No. Um, it's by far the best of the prequels. It's honestly the only prequel we needed. True. And, and in a lot of ways, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are so terrible that he really could have made just Revenge of the Sith, given you little bits of information he gave you in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones somewhere in the first act of Revenge of the Sith, and given you everything you really needed to get out of the prequels. Um, it, it's I don't like the prequels as a whole, but like I said, if I can just separate Revenge of the Sith from the other two, uh, it, it's actually not, not a bad film. Uh, I enjoy the last, other than some of the stupid, tell me why in the hell two men in the middle of a lightsaber battle and they take a minute to sling their lightsabers around their back just to show off <laughs> and not defend themselves at all. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. The, um, oh, if the people could see the look on my face right now, I know they can't, but... Um, I can always make it the thumbnail on the... Uh... So, no, that movie's not perfect. That, that You know, we're getting farther down the list, so we're getting the movies I have more problems with. Right. That movie's not perfect. Uh, I really haven't ranked number seven because I have less problems with it than I do my number eight, which is actually Last Jedi. Okay, and we're the same there. So, again, <sighs> we're probably the same the rest of the way down the list. Yeah, because I thought you had Last Jedi a little lower. I did initially. I just flipped my eight and nine. Okay, we're going to be one different. but So maybe we won't get in an argument. <laughs> but... Um, We'll find something to argue about before we get done. <laughs> we usually do. Uh, Last Jedi, I, I had the same major problem that everybody else does, and it is the characterization of Luke. Now, I am not a Last Jedi hater to the point that I wanted to boycott the next film, which obviously I didn't. It's also low. Um, I'm also not sending the stars of this movie threatening social media I'm not uh, calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head. That's that's ridiculous. I do understand the problems with Last Jedi. As I just said, I, I have the same one most people do, and it's the characterization of Luke. I can accept the fact that at some point between Return of the Jedi and Last Jedi that maybe he had given up on the ideals of the Jedi Order. What I cannot wrap my head around is that he would abandon Leia and Han and all of his friends and let everything go to shit while he sat on that planet and hiding. That's too far out of character for me to make that reach. Um, I know people change. I really have no problem with there being changes to Luke's character. That's the one I can't really get over. Uh, and also the man that until the very end tried to bring his father back from the dark side decided to kill his I don't know how old Ben was supposed to be, 15 or 16-year-old nephew uh, who had done nothing wrong yet. And I know that it was just for a second. And all he did was ignite the lightsaber, and then he realized what he was doing, and he was going to stop. And that just happened to be the moment Ben woke up. I, I get it. It was a it was bad circumstance to be in. But the way that movie came across was not that he had given up on the ideals of the Jedi Order and he decided the Jedi needed to, to end. He could have decided that and still stayed involved. You know what I mean? The way right. the movie comes across... Right comes across is that he failed so he went and felt sorry for himself and wallowed in self-pity on this island and cut himself off from the world because because he was ashamed of himself because he himself failed and that's too far out of character to me that he would just abandon it all well it, it's this idea that you know the whole movie 
is about failure. I mean, when you look at it across the board, it is. everybody it is. in that movie fails at their objective. Villains, heroes, it, nothing that they set out to accomplish goes the way they think it's going to go. Right. That, and, and that is... But my problem there is that, and I don't have a problem with that. I, it's, it's actually a, a, a neat idea in that middle film. But my problem is, is that the only one not strong enough to deal with his failure was Luke. I hadn't thought of it that way, actually. Because everybody else yeah. deals deals with their failure almost immediately. Yet mm-hmm. Luke had to go into hiding if you're, we don't really know how long. Right. It, it, we're, we're, on, we're on the same page. It's too far out of character. Yeah. It's too far out of character. But And Yoda does have that line that I do love in that movie. There are things about the movie I like. And, and, and the, the scene with, with Luke and, and Yoda together is one of those scenes. It's one of the things I like about mm-hmm. it. Whenever Yoda... Yoda uses that to teach him the le- the lesson about that our failures teach us the most. Well, that scene with Yoda, I think, will be one of those scenes that will, you know, long be remembered as one of the big moments in in Star Wars. Is it's it's such an iconic scene that that fits so well with, you know, who Luke was and who Yoda was. And my problems with that movie, I I still say that. If that movie were made about characters that we didn't know, if it were a standalone film with brand mm-hmm. new characters, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, I, it's still got a few issues, but by and large, it's a well-made movie. It's if you're just going to talk about how it well, is. if you're just going to talk about how well the movie is made, you know, if you were just going to rank these best-made movie as far as total production, it's probably right up there with Empire. It's a better film than Force Awakens. I don't enjoy it as much as Force Awakens because I'm so disappointed with with Luke. That's right. really what it is. I, I enjoy the throne the throne room scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylo Ren's moment in that movie is is awesome. Yeah. Overall, I'm disappointed with the character of Snoke. I am too. It was so, a little bit of he a was so easily, Yeah, it was a letdown. He was so easily defeated, but it's a great moment for Kylo. It is, and it's really Kylo's movie. Right. Um, you and, know, and, uh, but Kylo yeah, definitely... You on me for a second. But, no, I was uh, just saying, you know, Kylo... It's Kylo's movie in that he really gets the most character development. He really becomes more believable as the villain. Mm-hmm. It, you leave that movie feeling like he's irredeemable. Mm-hmm. And I'm... Good. That'll make Luke right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like the lightsaber fight in the throne room when he and Ray fight together against the guard. That was that was a really good action sequence, and I like I like Luke's final moments in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was okay with I that, was okay with Luke's final moments, and and even the fact that that he died, you know. Well, he he died. Quotation marks. Right. I mean, we're still I still have no reason not to believe that he's not the most powerful force user ever. So if Yoda and Obi-Wan can project in the Force Ghost, I mean, this, this guy figured out how to do it while he was still alive. So um, I still hold out hope we'll see him again, and maybe we won't. I've heard rumors that there are no plans for him in 9, but it's still possible. So we'll, we'll see. For, a Force Ghost is a really obvious MacGuffin to, to use in the next movie to still be able to include him. All right, at uh, number 9... I have the Phantom Menace. And I have Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, I have Phantom uh, Menace there. And we, we can still argue. Well, we we've got these flips. I'm pissed off. Got Phantom Menace that high. 
I hate that movie. <laughs> uh, just for all right, just so people will know, we're now the first eight films we just talked about are movies I the first seven are movies. All right, let me go back. The first six are movies <laughs> I actually really like. Seven and eight are movies that I do find good qualities in, even though I have one or two major problems with them. Now we're getting into movies that I absolutely hate, that I hate none worse than Phantom Menace. How in the hell, how in the hell do you have Phantom Menace as high as nine? <laughs> um, well, it's the worst film George Lucas ever made, and that's saying something. It- Phantom Menace was supposed to be better. Clone Wars were not the target audience for Clone Wars. Clone Wars animated series, there are episodes of that I really like. The uh, the father, the sister, and the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Mortis art. That, that whole moment where they were, the, the balance of the force. What is that? Mortis. What you call it? That's the Mortis arc. Yes. Yeah, the Mortis art I really loved. That was that was awesome. There there are things in Clone Wars that can redeem it. It's lower than Phantom Menace for me because we're not the target audience. That movie is fine for who it was supposed to entertain. That's true. My kids Phantom love that Menace, one. Phantom Menace did not come close to doing to, to to hitting its target audience. That movie stinks. Metachlorians, Andrew. We took. Tell me how the hell George Lucas takes all the mysticism out of the force, something he created. Why would he decide to to, to make it scientific? Metachlorians? Really? I don't know. Oh, if you if you you know if you believe what he's saying now about up what he wanted for episode seven, he had planned on really doubling down on that too. Uh, okay, yeah. He didn't decide that at the time he first wrote Star Wars though. That is right. not that is not the first treatment he told us that episode seven was going to be. Somewhere along the way, he got the idea of midichlorian stuck in his head, and he decided he was going to take it farther. That I believe, but it wasn't at the time he wrote A New Hope. Now, you understand what I'm trying to say? He I came do. to as much later, and they're an awful idea, George. <laughs> one thing one thing I will give Disney Star Wars credit for is they have ignored the hell out of that. You'll never hear the word midichlorian again. So the prequels as a whole really hurt the lore behind Star Wars, and some of us are fault fans. We all kind of have some preconceived notions, but I mean, hell, he waited, you know, 25 years between movies. Right. So we had, we had a lot of time to process and decide in our minds what we thought that era of star Wars was supposed to be and supposed to look like. And he gave us something completely different. I'm not mad at him for that. I'm just saying that some of us, our fault because it did end up being so different, but he, he, those, those prequels, really ruined a lot of what we as fans had established for ourselves, what we thought the lore was supposed to look like. It ruined it. And nothing ruined it more than Phantom Menace did. If I could make, if there were 25 Star Wars movies, it would be 24. <laughs> like, it, there's that big gap between it and everything else to me. Yeah. So do you have the Clone Wars animated series at the bottom, or do you have Phantom Menace at the bottom? I do. Okay. I do, but only because, like I because said, because you're not, not the, the target, target, audience. target audience, you know. All right. But also, though, if I were an eight-year-old kid, I'd probably like Phantom Menace more too. So, because mm-hmm. the eight-year-old, an eight-year-old kid is the hero of that movie. And you know, so. it's those two for me. They're both really bad movies. And honestly, I, I will take the, I will take the pod race and the Darth Maul fight scene over the fireside scene in Attack of the Clones, because I think it's the worst scene in any Star Wars movie. Which scene in Attack of the Clones you cut out? What was it? The fireside scene with Anakin and uh, Padme. 
Because they the dialogue no... could not be worse. That will, that scene. Saying. I got to tell you though, I hate saying too. I mean, come on, man. It's it's rough and it's coarse and it gets everywhere. <laughs> I know where I can see where he's coming from, man. That's all I'm trying to say. No, you know? that's true. But it's also Attack of the Clones is where we got all of the. We got way too many scenes of the Senate, or at least way more conversation from the Senate than we needed. We did, but Attack of the Clones is also, though, the only film that ever gave us a big Jedi battle. That's true. All those lightsabers run across the battlefield. That's pretty badass. All right, so that pretty much covers where we're at on those two. And then, right. you know... It, it does, but I like... My thing with Attack of the Clones, higher than Phantom Menace, I've already told you all the reasons I hate Phantom Menace, and you will not get me to admit there's one thing in Phantom Menace I really like, because there's not. Darth Maul's a cool character. He didn't do anything for me, actually, in that movie, though. And Attack of the Clones gave us the Battle of Genosha. Or Gen it's Geonosis in that movie. I'm sorry, isn't it? Yeah. Geonosis, I'm sorry. Gives us the Battle of Geonosis which I really did enjoy. That 10 or 15 minutes worth of movie is better than anything in Phantom Menace to me. That's why I have it. That's why I have them right where I do. And the Clone Wars animated, we don't really need to hit on. I mean, that's it's it, it's fine for an animated show. Like I said, we're just not. And, and it did lead up to something better. I, there are, like I said, arcs in that Clone Wars series mm -hmm. that I actually really enjoyed. So. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our uh, rankings, and I'm going to kind of throw our list out the window here since we spent 40 minutes doing that. So uh, from there, let's just kind of lump. We've got a couple of things here where we want to talk about, you know, our thoughts on just where Disney's at with Star Wars. Overall, I have actually, you know, I've enjoyed the Disney era of Star Wars. I've got all of them ranked higher than any of the prequels, except for Last Jedi is a little lower. <coughs> Excuse me, it's a little lower than uh, Revenge of the Sith for me. I've enjoyed the, uh, the spinoff movies best of any of them. Uh, yep. So the rumors that they were talking about putting them on hold, which now Lucasfilm's coming out and saying those rumors are false. Right. Um, well, it looks like they canceled a movie it, that we had never, I'd never even heard of, um, or at least postponed mm -hmm. it. Um, I don't know if you saw that. It, there was a, a Moss Eisley movie that was apparently in the I works. I did see that. And that ABC or Disney did say yeah. today that it was that that movie has been scrapped or at least put on hold. Uh, but they're saying that well, the other I mean, that, that sounds like a terrible idea. So <laughs> I don't even know what it would be about. Uh, yeah, that's that's awful. A most Eisley uh, movie, seriously. And maybe a most Eisley TV series, but you know, movie. I don't know. So who knows? I, I'm not sure that we've still gotten the whole story on what exactly is going on between Disney and Lucasfilm right now. Clearly, some of the things that came out in the report yesterday were wrong, but I suspect we will find out more before the end of the summer. There, there are some problems with, I mean, the the biggest problem they've had is with the Saga films, episodes 7, 8, and 9, if you're going to make three movies that are supposed to tell one story, figure out what that story is before you make them, before you make any of them. You There are problems here. J.J. Abrams... Uh, set up things and obviously set up certain things in Force Awakens that Ryan Johnson obviously just threw out the window. Uh, I do think one of those things, though, was that I, I, I do think somewhere in J.J.'s mind, Ray was a Skywalker relation somehow. I'm actually glad that's not true, and I really hope J.J. doesn't go back and, re and retcon it. Uh, please let her parents be nobody. 
I was saying that since Force Awakens uh, came out. We don't need her to be a Skywalker. We don't need her to be a Kenobi. Her parents can just be a couple of assholes that left her on Jakku because they didn't want her. That's fine. That that's I, I actually really like that. The idea that someone can rise up from nothing and that person who seems like a worthless nobody can be special. Well, I mean, that's the story we that's that that's that's also Anna, that's also Anakin's story. It it, it is. And it and it opens the universe back up. We don't have to be Skywalkers to be important in this story. I love that. Uh, I do think JJ in his mind had a different idea for Luke. Yeah, I think based on some reports that have come sure. out that, that, that there was definitely some other intention there, but I don't know what it was. Uh, it's, it's very obvious that nothing in the first two films uh, connects to any one story. I don't think Lucasfilm as a, had a, as, as a whole had any idea where this story was going to end when they started it. And that's a problem. That's an issue. If some of the rumors we're hearing on Lucasfilm were true, which, like I said, Lucasfilm has denied some of them now at this point, but it really was starting to feel like I, I was really starting to think that Kathleen Kennedy was gone. I think they had already fired her and that they were looking for a way to give her a soft exit. Uh, and it may still be true because the thing that Lucasfilm is denying came from sources that, you know, we've all trusted for a long time. Uh, they don't put this stuff out there lightly. Right. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see more, more to come on that. I have enjoyed the, the quality of the Disney films though. Really my only problem with any of the Disney films is the portrayal of Luke and last Jedi. You know, the only, uh, only problems that I really have at this point are the, uh, you know, Luke. And there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect between other canon sources, particularly the novels, and where right. somebody doesn't really it, it, feel that the novels, despite the fact that they tie to the books or tie to the movies, there's not enough emphasis placed on characters appearing in both and being the same character. Right. Yes, I, I know what you're, you're referring to, to Haldo, uh, yeah. specifically, I Hold, assume. Haldo was the, right. the specific case, and I hope that ends up being the only case of that. Right now, it's the only glaring error. The real problem there being, to no one actually set Laura down and told her, I doubt that Laura Dern knew that her character was even in a novel. No, I don't think so. Why can't you, you need, you know, you should tell your actor, this, this is, She's a fine actress. Yeah. If you had given her any source material for the characterization of her character, it, it could have been completely different. You know, you need to tell people this stuff. There are things about Domal Gleason's character, and Domal has talked about this himself with General Hux, mm -hmm. that there are th things he found out about Hux, either by accident or he had to go digging around to find out. Why, why, why aren't we telling our actors more about their character? Right. You would think they would be handed a dossier with everything about their character that already exists within the universe. And actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. The specific thing that uh, Gleason talked about was not knowing that, that Hux's is, Hux is first name. Uh, but when he found it out, he, he really feels like that's something that helped him with the character. Just something as simple as knowing his first name. I'm not an actor. I have no idea what kind of motivation that gave someone like Donald Gleason to play his character different. 
No. Knowing what his either. first name was. But if it's something the actor felt like he needed to know, then... Well, you want, you know, your, you want your actors to be able to connect to their character. Whatever right. information helps them do that. that yeah, so they're, they're not doing a very good job overarching story-wise. They're doing a good job making quality films, but the, the story, the side films has got more connectivity I, I really i really felt feel like lucasfilm needed a creative head to work alongside kathleen she's a fantastic producer she has found ways to get some of the best movies in the in history over the last 30 years made and it's been enormously successful i have no you, you can't argue with her capability and she's proven mm-hmm. over a really long period of time that she is one of the best at what she does she is, which ties us right into something else we wanted to talk about. Some of the anger the fandom has over Disney's direction with Lucasfilm. I think maybe we feel the same way about this. You guys are going overboard. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to be so mad at a movie? I'm going to bring up Kelly Marie Tran here. To go on anyone's social media and berate them and attack them to the point that they retreat from public life is despicable and really she got to be celebrated she was one of us she's not someone you ever heard of before star wars she gets this opportunity to be a part of something to be a part of this we would have that opportunity you can't tell me right now if ryan johnson called you and offered and had offered you a role in last jedi you wouldn't even have read the script you wouldn't have cared if he paid you or not you'd have been in that movie you know she should be being celebrated whether whatever problems you have with her character it shouldn't is not that's not a direct reflection on her she she did a good job as an actor actress giving them the character they wanted whether you like the character or not she she did and honestly i don't i don't even see issues with the character um i have no issue with the character i don't know i'm not a fan of the character at all but i'm not going to attack kelly for it if they left that character out of that movie i've been fine with it well i don't see her again i'm fine with it but i'm not going to attack the actress that's ridiculous no it is but she you know she played the role that was given to her and like i said i have no problems with the character my problem is that yes you could take the character out of the movie and you'd never know the difference that's also not her fault it's that she was put in she was put in an entire arc of that movie that could be removed and you wouldn't really know the difference people have people have taken that character as an example of sjw's in star wars that there's a certain section of the fan base that that wants to claim they're tired of having sjw liberal propaganda pushed down their throat and they've taken they've taken her character as an example of that and attacked her for that and it's ridiculous i don't i don't i don't know what else to say i hate bullies if y'all want to do that then quit claiming to be star wars fans don't come to any more movies we don't you know <laughs> the base of star wars fans don't want people like you around anyway so whatever you know we, so, we and, watch and them because also, they're they're not because they're serious critical films because they're fun and uh there's a lot of fans out there right now that would uh i I guess you can call them fans but they would really like to just suck all the fun out of it right and 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 it's but it's the same thing where you've got both sides going no we're the real star wars fans it's like you don't get to decide who's a fan right exactly exactly we we shouldn't be attacking each other well you've got it and we certainly shouldn't be attacking the people who are helping bring us something that we love so much Yep, it is ridiculous. There's a there's a there's a group of fans out there now who want to remake the Last Jedi. You heard about this too, right? I did. I don't know if it's real or not, but I've certainly seen it. I don't either. I don't either. But they're claiming to have raised <laughs> fifteen million dollars already. Ryan Johnson tweeted them back. Please, 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 please <laughs> let this happen. Yeah, I saw that. Chuck Wendig got involved in it. I know he he started trolling them back. So actually, I'm not sure Chuck was trolling. I think Chuck I think Chuck 100% thinks it's real based on his reactions. Like he really wigged out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just trolling they, they did a good job because they've got some funny reactions but if they're serious they're nuts yeah I, 
they're nuts. At this if they're point, serious, if they're serious, Lucasfilm's legal legal department should send to shut them down. If this had it's, happened, it's, it's, if this had happened even a, even two or three years ago, I would have just automatically gone. Well, this is a joke. Mm-hmm. Sadly, now I'm not. I'm just not real sure. It, yeah, exactly. Because we we've seen the fact that there are crazy enough Star Wars fans out there to actually think they can get away with that. I hope they're joking. If they're joking, then. You know, I can laugh about it. I got a sense of humor. No, to be a to be doing things like attacking Kelly Marie Tran and to be calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head. But people really seem to place all the blame for their problems with the recent Star Wars films on her. Uh, and and that's yes, she has a large role in the creative direction of these films. And like I've already stated, I do think there needs to be a creative lead at Lucasfilm to work alongside her. But at the end of the day, she's not a writer. She's not a director. She's responsible for picking those people. I understand that. But you know that they do need some I do I do think maybe not completely new leadership, but some additional leadership would help. It's really it's, it's like I said, it's really sad to see the fandom that way. And you know, some of it's just that you've got the you know, the fandom stretches across multiple generations at this point. It does. And so there's, you know, some of it's just a generation gap, but there's, there's no room for, you know, the hate that's coming from some people at the extremes on both sides of the argument. Because on the flip side of it, I am getting a little sick of seeing the pro Last Jedi people accuse everyone who hates it of only hating it because they're either racist or misogynist. And the haters of Last Jedi just can't stand to see someone other than a white male as the lead. I read that more than once today. And that's yeah. that's just as ridic- that's just as ridiculous as the other side. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, it's it's there it's, are people who have legitimate reasons why they don't like this film. And that's the thing is there's there's no room right now. And I don't know if it's just because everything in our country has to be so polarized or or, or what it is, but it's like there's no room to have open, honest critique. You've either got to be at one extreme or the other. Whether you are not, the minute yeah. you open your mouth, you get thrown to one side or the other in people's minds. But you know, in film, yeah, just like not. any art, there has to be room for critique. That's how movies get better is open, honest critique, right. which is not And there are people who carry it there are people who carry it too far though on both sides. And I'm not sure if we're not here to talk about politics, but we're in a very divisive time in our country. Uh, and we also are in a very divisive time in Star Wars, apparently. But it's, it really has just been the last six or seven months. It's been since last. I'd never seen this before until Last Jedi. It it really split the fandom bad. It did. And I, and I hate that. You know, when you look at some of the way that uh, Jake Lloyd was treated after uh, after Phantom Menace, you know, regardless of how bad the movie was, he didn't deserve the hate he got after that movie either. You have to be able to separate the character from the actor. Like I've already said, I don't really like. Uh, I don't really like the character, but I'm not going to go. I love Kelly. Mm-hmm. If you ever see her, if you ever see her, seen her interview, she's the, she's she's humble. She's funny. She's no, she's I, really likable. I don't know how you could uh, could not like as a I fan. I don't like Rose I, Tico, but I have no reason to dislike <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran. So. Right, as a fan, I don't know how you don't like somebody like Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And honestly, you know, with all my problems with the movie, and you know, some of the things that I think Ryan Johnson kind of did just to be contrary. You you know, the truth is, is that Star Wars fans, you know, watching him interact at Celebration last year with the fans was, was awesome. Really? And, you know, he, I didn't get to go. So, you know, he's, he's a fan just like us. He obviously had some different opinions about some things. <laughs> no um, doubt. But when you hear him talk. No doubt, but that's, that's part of the problem though. Yeah. yeah but when you hear him talk, it, it's clear that, you know, he's a Star Wars fan. Uh, that's one of the problems that like we were talking about earlier about having no cohesive thing because JJ's a Star Wars fans too. 
uh, you, you same thing. You hear him talk. He already had a reputation being a geek anyway. He is a Star Wars fan. Ryan Johnson, Star Wars fan. Like you said, Ryan had such different ideas than the rest of us. He had different ideas than J.J. There's two Star Wars fans making these movies who had different ideas about what Star Wars is be and not having anyone to put together a cohesive story to make sure they would line up somehow mm-hmm. really is part of the problem i know we're running over but i really do want to touch on the animated stuff because i want to talk about resistance okay i don't think we know much about it yet but you've been more of a fan of the animated stuff than me you have you have children who are who were fans of rebels i know you watched that whole series mm-hmm. i'm really just kind of curious this this isn't the sequel to rebels i was expecting like i really thought we were going to get the search for ezra and i think eventually Uh, we're going to get that story in one way or another but uh yeah that's where i wanted to pick up but clearly we've uh jumped forward a pretty good bit well with the title at resistance i'm assuming we're jumping forward into it's probably going to be a series about what happens between episodes uh eight and nine right from what my understanding is that it takes place just before the force awakens just before yeah so that makes very little sense to me and this is another problem with the disney lucas film that force awakens gave us very little background information about anything we need to know i still don't fully understand what the connection between the resistance that leia was leading and the existing new republic senate was I don't fully understand where uh, where the first order came from. I understand a little bit now, only because of you know we have the books, but the casual fan still is confused about those things mm-hmm. because they're not picking up the books. They're not picking up the books and reading them and figuring it out. And you know there are things in Last Jedi that would make people feel better about their problems with Last Jedi if they'd read the novelization, but nobody's going to. That stuff should have been put in the film. It, it makes. From my understanding, there basically was no large-scale resistance. It was just Leia's little group is that we that we saw in Force Awakens and then basically got wiped out in Last Jedi as all the resistance there ever was at that point. I'm trying to think of even who they've announced that is in it. I don't know. It would it would have made it would have made more sense to me to set it between eight and nine because uh, my understanding is there's going to be a large time jump between eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And it's possible so that I misunderstood. Been, there would have been a lot of room. There would have been a lot a lot of room to play there yeah so i don't i don't i don't know it's, although the like i said the thing is, is i'm not totally sure i think there's a fair amount of time because the resistance basically begins after the battle of jakku which is a fair amount before episode seven um if you read the aftermath trilogy you know that's pretty much the the resistance rises out of the out of the battle of jakku so there's there's still a number of years there um that they have to play with and see okay i didn't still it doesn't make when you watch force awakens it still feels like all this just started you know what i mean yeah it does the first order just became a threat and we just started this little resistance that's what force awakens when you watch it yeah because it's you know it doesn't feel like something that's been going on 20 years when you jumped into a new hope you felt like this uh, this uh, this alliance had been building for some time and we had been i mean we've got what there's 30 years between the original trilogy and the new trilogy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a good bit of time in there. So, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I was thinking, uh, the only two people I know that have been announced for it is uh, is Bobby Monahan from Saturday Night Live Mm. and uh, Jim Rash, who's been in a lot of stuff, uh, including Community. Okay. Well, we'll see. I still want to see the search for Ezra. I want to know where Ezra fits into the rest of the story. Yeah, and I'm also, you know, it it looks like they're going with a very different animation style, too. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. So let's let's uh, talk real quick about movie news and probably wrap it up. Okay. All um, right. I mean, we uh, 
We kind of talked about we, some we of that. We touched on it a little Lucas bit. Film stuff. Yeah. So right. We, we may have touched on most of the news. As the Most of the news right now seems to be that we don't really know exactly what's going on. Uh, I do want to know what's going to be. I would actually like to see that Obi Only because I like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably a movie I would like to see. Yeah, that that's one the of the... I'm not so sure on, so... That's one of the few as far as going back to a character that we already know. That That's the one that always jumped out as being, if Ewan McGregor wants to come back and do a movie, make the movie. Most fans would love to see him come back and play Obi-Wan again. And then as far as the other stuff, it looks like both trilogies are still in the works with Ryan Johnson's trilogy, wherever that's headed, um, as well as the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. Which right, that one I'm actually, I'm nervous about both of those. I am, I'm more intrigued by the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. I know you don't watch Game of Thrones. I've watched season uh, one. I hadn't watched beyond that. Well, so my issues with Benioff and Weiss are going to be that once they outran George Martin's material, that show is not the same. The The last season really felt rushed. And it's the only thing I have to go on about what they do creatively is Game of Thrones. So like I said, it's going to be... It, I, I, I'm nervous about it because I saw what happened in that show when they outran George Martin's mm-hmm. material. Okay. I, I need to know more about it. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is we don't know anything about either of those trilogies, like even what era they're planning on on setting right. them in. I mean, you know, I think most of us are hoping right. that at least one of them is set in the old Republic era. And I think sooner or later they've got to go back to that era. Do do they adapt the Knights of the Old Republic story at all? Mm, I don't think so. I think we do see you want some to of those. See that? I don't know that I want to see that story itself come back. Uh, at least in its in its original form, but I do want to see some of those characters come back. Darth Revan. I, I think the faster they bring, you know, if if I could bring one character because they've already brought Thrawn back, so I've got Thrawn. If I could bring any other single character back from previous Star Wars movie or previous Star Wars books, games, whatever, that's the one character that I would bring back is Darth Revan. You know, Darth Revan was probably one of probably the best character they've come up with in a game. Oh, no doubt. Um, I know some people would make an argument for Starkiller and Starkiller's fun. Starkiller was not nearly as as deep of a character as Revan. And yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a Starkiller character come in, you know, at least a version of that character at some point. Although you can't use the name Starkiller now. You know, the character in the game, the game was fun, but that character was so, so overpowered. Well, yeah, but that was for gameplay purposes. You don't have to adapt him that way in film. Right. But you had, you know, in the, in the game, the same you had time, Revan though, I think, and I think you would disappoint fans. I think, I think you would uh, disappoint fans if you, if you didn't make him somewhat overpowered. That was, Fans are probably disappointed to uh, not be able to see him do some of the things you could make him do in the game. But like I said, that was for gameplay purposes. And I don't know that there's any new Episode Nine news here in the last few weeks. Um, other than it looks like, you know, the early rumors are that Billy D. Williams is coming back. Which I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah. Very excited. And I do, uh, the the last report I saw also, they're going to start filming in July. I'm really surprised that you're still seeing certain people still involved with social media at this point. At some point, I think they're going to put them on a blackout. So get prepared to see uh, people like John Boyega and Daisy Ridley not to communicate very much. Looks like John Favreau's TV series is going to go into production this fall as well. I think that might be, what I'm hoping that is, and I haven't heard anything about what it's supposed to be exactly. I don't know if you have, but I know for years they had talked about a kind of a Star Wars underworld kind of kind of series. That would I think that would be interesting. Well, Lucas, they were before Lucas sold everything. They were actively developing a TV series, and it, that's what it was. And so we may see some of that come back. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we've got for tonight. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Coruscant Radio Underground. Keep checking back each week for new episodes and for more information and material on all things science fiction and fantasy, check out thesciencefictionary.com. This has been Andrew and Daniel, and until our next broadcast, may the Force be with you. Connection lost.